Thanks for downloading episode 112 of the Shrimps Heard It's podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Scarlet, but he has his pocket fit there by Donald Love on the right flank and Love can make some strides in towards the edge of the box Stockton might have room to turn and fire a shot towards goal and it takes a deflection it could have found the bottom corner very easily that nice play from Donald Love down the right hand side into the feet of Stockton got it out from under his feet turned and snap effort deflected just wide of the post for another corner ball up and over Papa Suarez done really well there just to dink it away from Owen Dale Portsmouth get it on the second phase though, cross comes in at the back post there was Colby Bishop lurking with intent, sliding in three yards out, couldn't quite get the finishing touch, it's behind for a goal kick, I thought we got the defensive job done there with Papa Suarez, but that's what good sides do when you don't complete the job, they nip possession back, cross came in from Dale from the right hand side, and Colby Bishop 23 goals to his name already this season, oh so close to opening the scoring for Pompey. Good control to get it into the feet of Bishop here. Come Portsmouth inside of the penalty area. Shot comes in, it's wide again. And that's the second time in the space of a few minutes now that Tom Lowry has put one wide of that post from Con- of Connor Ripley. And it was nice play through the middle of the park initially from Pompey. Switched the play out towards the right-hand side. And then the ball into the penalty area. Lowry it was again. And that left-footed effort not far wide of Connor Ripley's far post. Again, a bit of a let-off for the Shrimps in the 32nd minute here at Fratton Park and I think the wind's whipping up even more actually in the second I oh, you probably hear that in our effects Mike Crowley into the feet of Jensen Weir's got room to get a shot away left footed as well he got a good connection on it too did Jensen he's going to be a bit disappointed but it was straight at the keeper Matt Macy I think with the wind either side of the keeper and it's wobble wobbling around a bit you never know but Good left footed effort that from Jensen. 17 minutes, no thereabouts to go. Here at Fratton Park, it's Portsmouth nil, Morecambe nil. Shrimps live on Beyond Radio, Pompey with a corner. Taken, left footed, it's cleared off the line by Cole Stockton. Owen Dale, the Blackpool lone eight winger, hugging this right hand touch line. He's going to go and try and go around the outside of Cooney. Does go around the outside, flicked away with the head of Farron Rawson at the back post. Hume picks it up on the left hand side, going to try and get to the byline is he knows going to bring it back to Clark Robertson who gets across and it's a really good header and it's not far wide millimetres wide from the head of Joe Piggott the substitute and wouldn't it have been typical of Morecambe's luck all season long if that had have found the bottom corner middle of the field is Marlon Packy slips what can Jake Taylor make of this break we're on three on two here he plays it forward Jensen Weir inside the box Angles tight, gets it back to Jake Taylor, who should have broke the net from six yards out. That was the opportunity that Morecambe needed to open the score in there. And it fell to the left boot of Jake Taylor. Eyes lit up, and he smashed it over the crossbar. What an opportunity for the Shrimps. He's got to hit the target, has Jake. He simply has to hit the target, at least make the keeper make a save. He didn't do either. He smashes it left-footed over the bar on the half volley. And you just wonder... Was that the chance that Morecambe had to win the game? And have we missed it? Here come 
Portsmouth once more with Rafferty. Right-hand side, keeps the ball towards the edge of the penalty area. Missed by Rawson. Denver Hume on the right, on the back post. He's going to get it into the feet. Oh, that's a wonderful save by Connor Ripley. A wonderful, wonderful save. I've no idea how he reached that at the back post. But somehow, goodness me, that is a huge save by Connor Ripley to keep it at nil-nil. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. Left foot towards the back post and Ripley saves it again at the back stick. And the referee puts the whistle to his lips and brings proceedings to a close. And here at Fratton Park, it's an excellent point on the road for Morecambe. It needed to be a win, really, to close that gap, which is still five points plus plus, uh, goal difference to League One safety but how crucial could that save be deep deep in added time I don't know how he managed to get a palm on it but he did to get it round the post to preserve a clean sheet and a point on the road here on Easter Monday afternoon it's a, another performance similar to Plymouth Argyle on Good Friday really that the Shrimps and uh, Morecambe fans you should be really really proud of lots of heart lots of spirit lots of determination bodies on the line defending we were rock solid at the back Derek Adams is going to be delighted with the clean sheet and Connor Ripley didn't have a save to make at all apart from that one deep 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 in stoppage time we should have won it though ourselves four minutes to go we had a three on two break Jensen Weir down the right hand side he squared the ball to substitute Jake Taylor six yards out Jake needed to break the net he smashed it left footed over the crossbar and you felt at that moment that that was our chance gone uh, to get all three points but we will take the point we'll certainly take two fantastic performances over the Easter period just one point from the two games but it keeps us in touch and I think as we said before a ball was kicked this afternoon all we can do is continue to stay in touch with the relegation pack for as long as we possibly can disappointing that we couldn't convert that late chance from Jake Taylor it was our only real golden opportunity of the whole game really and a story of a large part of more season as well to some extent because lots of great football but we were solid at the back it was that final third again Cole Stockton had several decent opportunities in the first half non golden non what you would call absolute clear cut uh, but couldn't get an effort on target Matt Macy uh, didn't have a save really to make uh, for the whole of the 90 minutes so we'll take the point against a, a playoff chasing team and that should give us plenty of plenty to build on ahead of the visit of Wickham Wanderers back at the Mazuma Stadium this coming Saturday four games of the shrimp season to go we need to find some wins probably three wins and a draw from our final four games to give ourselves a chance of staying in League One for a third straight year but a good point on the road here this afternoon so the wait goes on for Morecambe's second away win of the season 205 days and counting but that doesn't tell the story here at Fratton Park today. Morecambe put in a performance that we should all be very, very proud of. Uh, from start to finish, um, we started uh, on the front foot and uh, we took the game to Portsmouth and created a lot of good opportunities throughout the afternoon. We were unfortunate a number of times not to uh, have scored goals, but um, you know, coming away here is never easy. It's a tough venue at the best of times and uh, a team that looking to push into that playoff position and... Uh, I thought that the players uh, were absolutely brilliant today. You started off really well. Donald Lovett's an effort in the first couple of minutes, then Cole Stockton as well. 
and you put them under a lot of pressure, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, we started the game really, really well. You know, we obviously changed the system today uh, and um, changed personnel, and it worked for us. It, you've had to do that a number of times this season. It's the division we're in. It's an extremely difficult division. But uh, I thought there was a lot of top performances uh, in the side tonight, the way they used the ball, the way they, they passed forward into good areas. And uh, we were just uh, unfortunate not to, to get ahead in the game. Talking of going ahead, Jake Taylor had a great chance, three minutes from time, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we had a couple of opportunities before that. We either just didn't find that final pass, but, uh, you know, I think that the way that we um, opened up Portsmouth a number of times this afternoon was pleasing. We just needed that final run uh, to get us into, you know, a better position. There was a couple of times, as you mentioned, where you had them a numer- numerical advantage and just couldn't thread it through, could you? Yeah, that was the problem. You know, we were in really good areas at times and um, we just didn't find that final pass to get us in uh, to a goal-scoring position. And, you know, the game at home where we should have won, you know, today we could have won as well. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Pompey were throwing everything at us at the end. And, and likewise, we, you know, threw everything at them, you know, from, from, the, uh, the, from the offset, really. Conor didn't have that much to do, but he pulled off a world-class save in injury time. He did, he had to, you know, from uh, a ball into the box, and it, it was a magnificent save, and, uh, you know, he's had to, to get down and, uh, and, and clocked out, and uh, it was a great save for us. Four games to go, you're definitely in for the fight, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, we can't ask any more of these players, you know, they've been uh, through difficult circumstances this season, uh, on and off the pitch, and what they do is they just keep on going, and uh, today typified that everyone that was used everyone that uh, started the game you know put in an excellent performance the only downside maybe Papa Suarez going off with what looked like a hamstring injury um, he's got a calf injury um, so he might be struggling for Saturday but um, hopefully he's not Saturday in Wickham Wonders at home you've done well against them at home in recent years yeah it's another tough game for us I think I don't know what the Wickham score was today but, uh, but they'll trying to push again another team uh, pushing towards that playoff position and uh, we're you know trying to you know keep ourselves in, in league one and uh, it's a tough uh, game but uh, we've come to Fratton Park and not many teams come to Fratton Park and do as well as we've done today four games to go then a final message from Derek Adams to the fans well I don't have to give a message to the fans because the the players on the pitch are showing uh, what uh, they're doing and uh, they're working extremely hard for this football club. They have done all season. Unfortunately for us, we're in a situation where it has been a difficult season and uh, the support off the field hasn't helped us on the field and uh, everyone knows that. And uh, But what I will say is the support of the players, uh, I can't ask for any more uh, of these football players and no supporter can do that either. Uh, every supporter can see today what they give to this football club unfortunately uh, other things are out with our control great point today thank you 139 here today Derek sorry Um, 139 fans and a great effort on a Easter bank holiday weekend yeah I mean 139 we would hope it was 339 you know I mean we would think it was hopefully it was 1039 you know we would think it was 13,000 you know but the 139 were here were very vocal and they they could have been 13,000 of them here this afternoon Uh, they were brilliant Uh, the way that they supported the team from start to finish uh, was excellent and you know it's a great holiday weekend for them down in Portsmouth it's a beautiful part of the world and uh, they'll probably have enjoyed their weekend and just one final one Derek Papa obviously a doubt for the weekend what about the rest Liam Shaw Jacob Adou Ash Hunter any news on those yeah I mean we've had two tough games over a quick period of time to play Plymouth and Portsmouth but uh, what I will say is that um, we'll dust ourselves down we're back in tomorrow and uh, you know see where we are tomorrow afternoon when we we travel north unfortunately we don't have the 
the luxury of a plain north. Uh, we've got to do exactly the same as all supporters do, is, is take the, the, the public transport. And uh, I think that uh, that shows you, that typifies the, the work ethic of the players and staff and the supporters to get here today and to get back home. Safe travels, Derek. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Well, Conor, a 0-0 draw against Portsmouth today. Uh, a good point in your eyes? Yeah, definitely a good point. It's a uh, step in the right direction. Um, and you listen, you, you come into a place like this and coming away with something is, is an achievement. So we've done well today. You showed some steel today, didn't you, as a team? Yeah, yeah. I think we showed a bit of resilience, and I think that's been lacking for the past few games. I think we've been a bit down in the dumps, and and we've, uh, especially after Barnsley, we all had a good chat after that game, and um, you know it's time to pull our socks up and roll our sleeves up and, and, and get stuck in. I think what made a difference, maybe you didn't you didn't concede earlier on. In fact, you actually looked the better team earlier on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if I'm going to be honest, we should have had six points off off Portsmouth. We should have beat them at our place, and really, we should have beat them here. You know, it's uh, it's disappointing that you know I think we have genuinely dropped a good amount of points against these. So, you know, again though, we can't beggars can't be choosers, can we? You know, we've we've got a point, and now we've got to uh, look forward to the home game. You had a little three on two there, about four minutes on time, and unfortunately Jake Taylor couldn't find the target. It would have made all the difference. Yeah, definitely. Listen, we know the quality Jake's got, and you know he's. I give it. I'll put my mortgage on him that he, he would normally score then. But it's one of those things. It's, it's what happens when you're down at the bottom. Some things just don't go for you, and it just doesn't go in. Nothing against Jake, because Jake's a, a good lad and he's a very good pro. Um, and you know, hopefully, he can redeem himself uh, next time he has a chance like that. At the other end, he didn't have to do much today, but a great save towards the end, 93rd minute, ball on the left-hand corner. One of the best of the season? Yeah, well, I think he's one of the most important of the season. You know, we lose this game, it's, 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 it's people's heads are going to start, you know, again, starting to drop off. And it was one of those ones where <laughs> it, was, it was a bad kick from me that, I've, that caused the uh, attack. But thankfully, I've, I redeemed myself with, with the save. Four games to go, four massive cup finals, really. Definitely, yeah. I, I mean, they are cup finals, and and we we know that. Listen, we we're all, we're all wanting the same thing. We all want to stay in this league and and um, and play League One football next season. So, coming up to the uh, the next four games, we're we're, we're ready. You know, I, I feel like we've we've done something very good here. To, for a platform like that and, and we now have to just push on and for these next four games hopefully we can get the uh, three points I spoke to Liam Gibson last week he said there were some words after the Barnsley game do you think that showed in the two games we've seen over the Easter period? Yeah definitely I mean especially after the Barnsley game we, we, we were it was one of those ones where we came in we just felt defeated you know it was and then next thing you know we've we've um We've had a good chat about what we need to do better and, and that we need to start having a bit of resilience about ourselves. Granted, we played Plymouth. It wasn't a 3-1 game against Plymouth. We had some good chances. Um, but, you know, they're top of, the, top of the table for a reason. And then we've come here, put performance on, got a clean sheet. And now we've got, I think it's Wickham next week. You know, coming to our place, it's been difficult for teams. And we've proven that we are a good team and that we can uh, cause upsets. So, you know, Wickham will come to, to our ground, but we're ready for them and we're ready to uh, claim the three points. 
139 fans here today. It sounds like a lot more. They were really behind you, weren't they? Oh, they were amazing. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's times where them, them 139 fans outsung the the other 17 and a half thousand fans that were here. So they they were they were amazing here, and um, you know we can't thank them enough as the players. You know we understand that they're spending their hard their own uh, hard money, and um, you know hopefully that. Well, I, I like to think we've repaid them again for this um, for this game, and then hopefully they can come in, in numbers when they're in the home game. Yeah, two home games left. You'll need them on Saturday, won't you? Definitely, yeah. I, I mean, I, I like to think that they've been they've been great this season. You know, we've they've they followed us around, and you know, it hasn't it hasn't been it hasn't been a, a very good uh, it hasn't been a great season for them, and it's been difficult. Thank you, and. Uh, we, um, like you say, they've, they've come in numbers for us through the season and we can't thank them enough and hopefully, you know, these next four games we can repay them. It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. Thanks as ever for downloading this episode. Really appreciate it. Always available, of course, if you search Shrimps Verdicts on Apple, Google and Spotify and via our website too at beyondradio.co.uk. So it's the morning after the Portsmouth game uh, as I'm recording this right now. And uh, I think on reflection, it's a great point, all things considered. I know games are running out. I know that we've got a couple of tough fixtures coming down the track, but... But I think that could be a good point uh, come the end of the season if we can somehow start to find a couple of wins in these last four games. That's all we can do, isn't it? I think it's just staying in touch, uh, staying mathematically in touch for as long as we possibly can. I think the disappointing thing for me yesterday was if we could have snatched it 1-0, if we could have just got those three points, we would have been three points uh, from the safety line. Goal difference aside, of course. And then if we were to beat Wickham Wanderers on Saturday... We could, with three games to go, just be outside the relegation zone if results went away, just on goal difference, with three to play, and it would then be all to play for. It can still be that way, of course, and I suppose with Lincoln and Charlton and Exeter, hopefully they're a bit on the beach with nothing much to play for, Uh, but one thing's for sure is it's a big game this coming Saturday against Wickham Wanderers. If you're not heading down to the Mazuma, full match commentary, of course, as ever, on Shrimps Live on FM, DAB Plus across North Lancashire and South Cumbria, and via iFollow Shrimps will be on air, as usual, from 2.45. Look forward to your company but if you are going down to Namazuma, sing shout your hearts out for the lads and hopefully we can get uh, uh, that win that we desperately need to stay in touch with the rest of the teams around us. Uh, now ahead of the game I've been talking to uh, Phil Catchpole. Phil is a local radio commentator. He's also the head of audio and broadcast at Adams Park uh, an inside man if you will uh, to get the full lowdown on Matt Bloomfield's men ahead of their trip to the Mazuma this coming Saturday. So, Phil, always great to chat. Um, now, you've been head of, uh, what would you talking, head of audio and broadcast at the club, isn't it? You've been, it seems quite a new role, but you, in reality, you've been there for, what, about a, 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 a good year or more, haven't you now? So it's going yeah, it's, yeah it, was a, it was a year in January. So, yeah, a year and a few months now. Yeah, it's completely flown by. Um, and loads has happened in that time. Um, you know, we got to Wembley, lost to Sunderland in the playoff final after a brilliant season last year. Um, and then this season, um, it's never dull at Wickham. And, you know, uh, Gareth Ainsworth finally took the call that we knew was coming one day. Um, and his Fumetti left us on the on deadline day. Um, so yeah, it's been um it's been a season of of ups and downs. Um, and we've got a club legend in Matt Bloomfield in charge now. So yeah, it's been 
It's been, um, yeah, it's been a season. Last season, I thought was absolutely fantastic. This season, we've had to contend with a huge amount of uh, of stuff uh, on and off the pitch. Um, and you know, I'm talking to you the day after we've lost to Ipswich four <laughs> 0 um, So slightly not as uh, as optimistic and woo as I normally am, but um, we're still five points out of the playoffs with six games to play, um, which we kind of were last season, and we got in. So, um, you know, the, the optimism's flames are still burning, shall we put it that way? We'll talk about that in a second, Phil, if you may. Let's, let's just rewind the clock a bit. And Gareth Ainsworth, like you say, club legend. Uh, and you always knew, I suppose, in your heart of hearts that this day was was going to come. Of course. Um, he did an incredible job at, at Wickham Wanderers. And he, he's he'll go down in history as the club's finest manager uh, until someone comes and eclipses him, hopefully, at some point. Um, but what a record um, over 10 years in charge. Uh, uh, he took us from the brink of bankruptcy and, and taking us out of the league, uh, learning along the way. And we all learnt with him uh, and then into the championship for the first time in the club's history, um, all on a shoestring budget. Um, and yeah, what a character, what a guy. Um, and it was always going to be tough to replace him. But the club moved very quickly uh, and appointed the uh, the glaringly obvious candidate, which was Matt Bloomfield, who, who's done an excellent job at Colchester, albeit only for four and a half months. But you've only got to look at what they were doing before he went there, uh, what they did when he was there, and how they're doing after he left. Um, so um, yeah, it was uh, it was a very odd time because um, I think a lot of our fans would never have experienced the managerial change. You know, a lot of our younger fans because that's how long he was at the club. Uh, Gareth. So, um, yeah, it's been um, it's been a strange old season, one way or the other. It's not going ever so well for Gareth at the moment at QPR. Do is it? Do you think he's going to be able to ride that storm out and and, and hopefully better times down the track? Uh, well, who knows about QPR? Um, they're an absolute basket case. He'd have known that going in there as well. Um, dare I say, it, he's on a lot more money than he ever was at Wickham Wanderers, and he's got a three and a half year contract. Um, I really hope they give him the time because everything he achieved at Wickham was done because of the time. Um, and I think Wickham would have fired Gareth Ainsworth had they had the money when he nearly took us out of the league. But because we didn't have any cash at all, they couldn't pay him up. So he stayed. Um, and fortunately, he was big enough to turn it around and, and do it. Our QPR a club to do that? Will their fans allow the club to do that? Um or will they look deeper? The problems at QPR aren't the manager. The problems are a deep cultural problem um, from top to bottom. Um, and he'll need a few windows to sort that out. If they stick by him, he'll deliver. But whether they want to give him that time, who knows? Football's a, a weird old industry, isn't it? So we shall see. Certainly is. Certainly is. Um, now, in, in terms of Matt Bloomfield coming in then, was it in any way a bit of a risk given that he is a very young, up-and-coming uh, new breed of coach or, or or given his status within the club, was it was it the obvious choice? Uh, obvious choice, absolutely. And, you know, the risk word is, is used. Uh, whoever would have taken the job, it's a risk. Whatever manager comes into football, it's a risk. I think the average life expectancy of a, of a football manager's job is, what, is less than 18 months now. I think and it gets lower as you move up the divisions, isn't it? So uh, whoever it would have been was a huge risk. Um but with Matt Bloomfield, it's a man who knows the club inside out. Uh, he was pre-Gareth Ainsworth, so he, he's played under all sorts of different managers, John Gorman being um, a favourite. Um, uh, and then he played under Gareth and, and knows the system of Gareth in terms of not the playing system, but the 
the system of recruitment, um, how they get characters, how they build the the sort of the never say die attitude, the camaraderie, everything, the cornerstones of a club like Wickham Wanderers. Um, he knows that inside out. Uh, the biggest challenge Matt's got is to be his own man because obviously everyone from outside will see, oh, it's just Gareth Fainsworth's ex-roommate, Gareth Fainsworth's captain, Gareth Fainsworth's stalwart midfielder. It will just be the same again, but with shorter hair. But no, he's got his own He's got his own way of playing. Um, but he's come in in a situation where we're in a run-in and we're competing for the playoffs. So he can't come in and change all sorts. Um, but you can see that he wants to play the game a bit differently. He wants to stamp his identity on it. And I'm sure he's relishing the the summer and the chance to kind of do some recruitment. And we've got some big decisions to make with contracts and, and players to come in as well. But yeah, I remember when Martin O'Neill left in the 90s and it was an absolute disaster after he left because we got Alan Smith in who just didn't understand the club at all and was an unmitigated disaster. You lose players like Anis Mometi in the transfer window and you have no time to replace them, of course. And and you've not had a, a brilliant run, have you, in the last half a dozen games or, or so. Is that has, has that put an end to your playoff dreams or or is it like you say, you're in a similar position last season and, and five, six games to go, you just never know, I suppose. Well, we always dream at Wickham Wanderers and, um, and we do so with good reason because um, our dreams have come true on more than one occasion. So we continue to dream. Uh, we are five points outside, six games to play. Um, that is that's achievable. We can continue to dream with that. Um, we've got a big game on Easter Monday against Forest Green Rovers. I don't if we don't win that game, then all of a sudden there's going to be slightly less dreamers in the building. Um, so we've got Forest Green, you guys in Cambridge. They're our next three games at the time of speaking. Um, and on paper, you look at that and go, well, that's nine points. But we all know that you're down the bottom of the table. You need the points just as much as we do, but for a very different reason. So these games are really tricky. Um, but yeah, um, to be brutally honest, we have to win all three um, if we if we have to have any any chance of getting in that top six. Um, but with the season we've had, the stuff we've had to contend with, um, that's not a bad position for us to be in a club of our size. Um, and I really hope we can do it. But I mean, Matt Bloomfield has also inherited quite a... a bizarre injury situation he's come we've lost Sam Vokes uh Gareth McCleary at the top end of the pitch and that would hurt I think most teams in this division um we've had a, a season of in, ins and outs of injuries um we we trimmed the squad down a bit in January not only losing Anis Mometi but we, we lost a few numbers as well um and so our bench has largely been kids from the development squad um, which is all all well and good, but you're, we're looking at must-win games, you know, and is that the time to, to blood them on? Um, we gave a league debut to a lad last uh, yesterday away at Ipswich who we've got really high hopes for. Um, so maybe they will step up between now and the end of the season. I suppose when you've got uh, five, six games to go and your next three are against three of the four in the in the relegation zone, you couldn't really ask on paper for much more than that. But as you know, from uh, way back in way back in October, wasn't it? I, I remember the game well at Adams Park earlier this season, Phil, because it was the end of October, like 30th of October, I think it was. And it was a red hot day, wasn't it? It was like 20 degrees inside Adams Park. So like a summer's afternoon. And and we gave you uh, one, one hell of a game that day and, and, and a creditable one-all draw. Yeah, it was a great game. Um, and, you know, I remember looking at that and thinking, it going into the game, it's Derek Adams, it's Morecambe, uh, it's never easy. You're a bit of a bogey side for us, really. I know we've had some good results against you down the years as well, but equally, 
you guys have taken us uh, to school a few times too. So, um, yeah, it didn't surprise me in the slightest. I think you were in pretty bad form coming into that game as well. Um, and I think the first 10, 15 minutes, I think Derek had set you up with almost sort of a, a back nine and then you sort of edged your way into the game. Classic away performance. And I've seen Wickham do that many a time, by the way. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't surprised that um, it, was a, it was a really tough game. And it's exactly what I'm expecting up at your place because it's never easy there. I think we lost there last season, didn't we? Even though we had a great season. Um, so, yeah, it's never easy. Um, so, regardless of where you guys are in the table. Um, but, you know, I've, I've said this to you before. You know, I look at clubs like Morecambe in League One and I look at some of the... Uh, the massive clubs we've got in League One. And I, I really hope you guys stay up because, you know, you're cut from the same cloth as us. Your history is very similar. Uh, and I think the likes of us and, and you guys and, and and the others, smaller clubs in this team, make this division what it is. Absolutely, Phil. Uh, it, it's getting very difficult. I mean, as you've alluded to, we're speaking on Easter Saturday morning before our respective games on, on Easter Monday and then obviously uh, the game of the following Saturday. But it is getting very difficult for us now as we speak. Well, I mean, you're five points off the playoffs. We're five points from safety. So it's 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 that yin and yang, I suppose, isn't it? But uh, while there's hope, there's hope, isn't that, I suppose? And uh, if we play anywhere near the level that we played against uh, Plymouth on, on uh, Good Friday... Uh, we've always got that chance. So tell us all we need to know then, Phil, about uh, a Matt Bloomfield, uh, Wickham Wanderers. Uh, how are you setting up? What's the team looking like, and how is it different to to, to a to, to a Gareth team? Uh, it's well, it's largely four two three one. Um, uh, the the main difference, I guess, it's very difficult to judge what the the playing philosophy and style of Matt Bloomfield is because, like I say, he's, he's come in in a situation where he can't really change too much with the squad because of injuries. And, you know, the the team kind of picks itself at the moment. It's like, here's the senior lads that are fit. Off we go. Um, Sam Vokes has been out. We're very much hoping he's back. Um, so uh, he could be back for oh, Easter good. Monday. <laughs> I thought he'd be pleased to hear that. Um, so, yeah, um, Gareth McCleary, um, again, we're very much hoping that he's back for Easter Monday. Uh, and that adds just a real load of quality and experience up in up top for us. Uh, defensively, um, we've been very solid um, most of the season. Obviously, I'm speaking to you uh, not 24 hours after shipping four goals away at Ipswich. Um, Ryan Tafasoli, Chris Farino at the back, um, two sort of massive centre-backs, I think, will need their physicality um, up at your place. Um, we've got uh, Jack Grimm has been playing right back again, although we, we have had a back three scenario where... Um, uh, we can go with a back three with Grimmer, uh, Farino, Tafazoli. Jacobson was a back, the back centre back uh, in, on the left of that, but we've had an injury to Jordan the beater, so Joe Jacobson's had to go back to his old position of left back or left wing back at times yesterday against Ipswich. Um, so uh, I know certain teams would like to sort of try and exploit his perceived lack of pace now at his age um, of 36. Um, in midfield, Josh Gowen is the heartbeat of the team and has been for a couple of years now. Uh, he's been on great form again. Uh, Lewis Wing, um, when we had that fabulous run in February, was pulling all of the strings in midfield. And him him and Scone together an excellent combination. Uh, and then up top, we have the three behind the striker. Brandon Hanlon's been playing up top on his own where Vokesy would normally be. Uh, and I don't think that's his position, unfortunately. Um, he's a real trier. He works very hard, um, but he hasn't got the aerial ability. Um, so we have to approach the final third in a slightly different way than we were under Gareth. Um, and I think at this stage of the season, that's quite difficult to sort of execute over 90 minutes, uh, especially when the pressure's on. Um, players can sometimes revert to type a bit. Um, so I don't, I don't know how long it takes for 
uh, philosophy to evolve and all these other bits, but uh, it hasn't done so fully yet, although the, the signs are there. Um, but yeah, TJ DeBar is a youngster we've got as well coming through. Uh, he plays with Gibraltar and he's got four assists and one goal since getting a run in the team due to the injuries uh, and has announced himself, I think, now as, as a first-team player. And then Chem Campbell, who we signed on loan from Wolves the day before Anis Rometty left and everyone was like, he's not a replacement for Anis, he's not a replacement. They're different players, but he plays on that wide left position and he's a tricky player. He, he, he had six appearances in the Premier League with Wolves. Um, and he looks like a player who's got bags and bags of ability, but he reminds me of Alice Fometti about two, three years ago, um, and he's clearly been sent on loan to sort of learn some of the uglier side of the thing, the games that happen in League One. Now, it could be a different kind of game, couldn't it, at the Mazuma? I, I suppose you're very used to, to a Derek Adams way of of playing and, way of, and a way of setting up against opposition. But the reality of the situation is we've got to go for it. We, we can't sit back and, and soak it up and look to nick it. We're going to have to go for it because it, it is a do or die game. It, it might be the game that, that, that seals our fate. If, uh, if if results go uh, one particular way. So uh, does that change your philosophy perhaps or or is it a case of oh it's Derek Adams he's going to play that way and we've got to we've got to try and second guess him almost. Well I think we could be in for a fantastic game. So cure boring nil nil now but I think because we have to do exactly the same. We have to win the game too. It's no, a point is no use to us. A defeat obviously is disastrous for us. Um so we've got to win it too. So we all of a sudden we've got two teams here who are gonna he's gonna cross the white line uh next Saturday knowing that three points is an absolute must um so um we'll see what happens but you know we've had some pretty high scoring encounters down the years and I'm looking at this thinking have we got another one well we've had we, we had a 4-3 last season uh we had a three uh, and a three two wasn't it so uh you know I suppose anything could happen but I suppose when you get to that that do or die situation whether you're at the top of the league or the bottom of the league it, it can make for it's one way or the other isn't it? it's either going to be a, a blockbuster or it's going to be super super cagey and, and, and maybe a nil nil or, or a one nil I hope it's the former of course because if this if this does turn out to be our swan song and I hope it isn't of course and, and I say while there's while there's points available as always hope uh, but if it is going to be our swan song few games we want to go out in a bit of style so you know why not yeah and the same for Wickham obviously we our our, our doomsday scenario is is nowhere near as, as drastic as yours you know if we if we end up finishing ninth this season you know we we, we lick our wounds and go again uh but um I think the first goal is going to be the big one because like you say it's it's a huge game it's a massive three points and you've said about against Plymouth largely defensively resolute for a huge part of that game if you guys sneak in front, you've got the ability to to, to park the bus. I know Derek Adams can do that, and, and Wicked Wanderers have, uh, have parked many a bus down the year as well. Um, but you know, I mean, uh, there is a slight tinge of sadness that Gareth Ainsworth and, and Derek Adams can't continue their much uh, much publicised <laughs> bromance on the touchline. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. I suppose down the track in years to come, they might be able to rekindle something. I suppose. <laughs> um, let's talk about League One uh, briefly um, in, in general, Phil, if, if we may. And it, it, this is our second season in this division, of course. And it, it, it seems to me as if it was good last season, but goodness me, you look at the teams at the top of the table, and you've got Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth. They're all going to get well over ninety points probably this season. And there's a possibility that one of them won't get promoted. I mean, you look at MK Dons last season on 89, didn't go up through the playoffs. It's it's an absolutely ridiculous uh, how good the quality is at the top end. 
Yeah, <clears throat> one of those is going to miss out on the top two. I mean, we were at Portman Road yesterday. Um, they went top of the league as the table stood for about 20 minutes in the second half and the place was absolutely buzzing. Um, you know, eight eight wins in a row, haven't considered a goal for nine games. If you don't get promoted after having a run like that, especially in the second half of the season, then you're going to be scratching your head thinking, what sort of crazy division is this? Um, but someone's going to have to miss out. Sheffield Wednesday, no win in six, which is, you know, for their budget, the pressure up there must be absolutely insane. Um, because, I mean, their fan base, as largely happens with these these big clubs, is they're very impatient and very demanding. But, you know, you've only got to look at the finances and the wages and the money coming in. If Sheffield Wednesday don't get up this season, they're going to have a terribly tough summer. Um, and I wouldn't want to be Darren Moore. Um, but there we are. Uh, and then Plymouth are, I think, the sort of the plucky underdog up there, really. And they're, you know, they're a big club as well. Um, but everyone's thinking, are they going to bottle it again because of um, of what happened last season? And but they showed great character. I thought one nil down at your place to come back and win, especially after getting absolutely tonked at Wembley as well in front of all their fans. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was chatting to some fans on a podcast last week about the top end of League One. And it, it did sort of make me laugh. There was an Ipswich fan sort of banging on about how disgraceful it was that Wickham really couldn't sell out their away section for Ipswich on a on a good Friday game. And uh, it just it just sort of you know the you know the entitlement of these big clubs. And it, you know, rightly so, they've got a huge budget and massive squads and and all the other stuff. But the flip side of it is the expectation and the pressure that that that, that comes with that. And uh, I was gutted. I really should have pointed out to him. I was like, I didn't see your fan base last year getting you in the playoffs and getting into Wembley. I think Ipswich finished sort of 11th or 12th, maybe. But, you know, these when these big clubs get their heads together and sort themselves out, they are absolute menaces in this division, as they should be. Um, but, you know, like I said, with clubs like us, when we achieve something, it really means something, doesn't it? Because it's absolutely incredible. If Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday get promoted, the entire football world shrugs their shoulders and goes, well, they bloody well should have done, you know. So, where's the joy in that? Absolutely, <laughs> Phil. I, I, I could not agree more. I mean, I, I love going as well to, 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 to away games and playing these big teams. So, I'm quite pleased on one hand they're in the division in the first place because you get to you get to face off on on level terms, if you like, against some of the some of the, these so called big clubs, the former Premier League sides, have great away days out, some fantastic stadiums. So that's great. But then the this the discrepancy between the the, the quality at the top six or seven and the, the bottom six or seven. It's in, absolutely enormous, isn't it? So on any given day, they've got to play at their worst, and you've got to play at your absolute best to get a result. And and then it's not it's not quite a fair fight, is it? When 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 they can play pay millions of pounds, or I think Ipswich we played Ipswich the day after they'd signed two players for more than a million pounds each, and they beat us five nil. And 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 we we went to Burnley's academy and got a striker. No offense to to, to, to the player who hadn't played a minute of senior football, and no and, and on the same pitch, it, it it's not a fair contest, is it? It isn't, but that's why we love football. And that's why we love the pyramid system we've got. The pyramid system is the most truthful system in football. They're, they're at this level for a reason, because they were crap in the championship. Yep. And they've been down there for a few years. Uh, and it's been, you know, it, it, it's what makes this division absolutely fascinating. A lot of my friends who live overseas, they look at League One and they see some of the games and grounds that we go to. Uh, one week we're at a 30,000 stadium. The next week we're going to be at your place. Uh, we've got Forest Green in there as well. And they look at it and they think, is this is the same division? This is crazy. And you know what? Forest Green beat Sheffield Wednesday. We've beaten some big teams down the years, as have you guys. So, you know, 
if it was all down to size of fan base and size of bank balance, we could see the fixtures come out at the start of the summer. And then we could think, we don't need to play these. We just look at everyone just submit their balance sheet and then we'll all go home. But look, Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday will rise again. They'll get to the Championship. They may even get to the Premier League. And then they'll be going to places like Man City and places in Newcastle. And then it'll be them sitting there going, well, it's not fair. They've just spent £150 million on a on a sweeper or something or a kit man. Uh, what's yeah, going what on? goes around comes around, I suppose, doesn't <laughs> it? Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll, 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 we'll enjoy the ride while it lasts. <laughs> Phil, I could talk to you about football all day long, but uh, uh, we both have things to do on Easter Saturday. So, um, and, and, and listeners get very bored after a bit as well, of course. Uh, before you go, uh, tell us all about, uh, well, firstly, Wanderers TV and everything that's going on at the club to do with that. And of course, the fantastic Ringing the Blues podcast, one of the best uh, pods around. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, Wanderers TV, uh, it's our club channel. Uh, we stream all the games, uh, the non-Saturday games, uh, three o'clock games you can watch in the UK. And then we've our sort of growing worldwide fan base tuning in as well. And then, yeah, this, the, the content throughout the week. Um, again, you know, with clubs like us, of our size, we've got great characters and got great access to our, our weird and wonderful fans uh, and players and staff. And so we try and document that as the season rolls on. Um, so yeah, great fun doing that. And then yeah, ringing the blues, uh, a weekly sort of roundup really of what's going on uh, around the place. Um, yeah, a bit different. Um, it isn't sort of three folks sat around talking about whether to play three or four at the back. It's just sort of, I think maybe look to the lighter life in football and, um, and, and and other bits. But yeah, we cover the games as well. And obviously with the access I've got, we can get manager and player interviews and, and pick the bones out of games that way. But yeah, great fun to do. A real privilege to do it. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, between now and the end of the season, we can uh, write another, uh, well, unthinkable story, perhaps, for Wickham Wanderers. Well, let's hope you get in the playoffs, Phil. Let's hope we beat you on, on, on Saturday, but you still get enough points to sneak in that top six and we survive and we're both happy, I guess. Well, wouldn't that be wonderful, eh? But I think that's quite a large shopping issue for it in there. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but while, as I say, while there's points to play for, there is still hope and, ex- well, I wouldn't say expectation, but there's certainly hope. Anyway, Phil, thanks so much indeed. And uh, I, I won't I won't press you for a, for, for a, a score prediction because you're obviously going to bat your boy, so that's absolutely fine. But hopefully it's going to be a blockbuster encounter all the same. I won't give you a prediction, but I'll leave you with one comment, and it's the hope that always kills you, Dave. <laughs> what a, what a, a poignant way to end, Phil. Thank you so much indeed, my friend. We'll speak to you next time, mate. Awesome, mate. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.